Hello everyone and welcome once again to Nostalgia Crew, the only show where we don't vote for anybody, well we do vote, but we don't vote and cause riots. It's your usual two, Bill and Danielle. Hello! There we go. And this month, uh, the featured topic that we are going to talk about, and this is one that... Like I said to Danielle at the end of the show last month, when I saw the cover, this was a topic that we had to discuss. And it is, uh, it's a little bit old, it's about a month old, but I don't really care. Um, Rolling Stone came out with an article in October ranking the 100 greatest TV shows of all time. We are going to discuss the list. I have not seen the entire list. I know Danielle probably hasn't. So, um, we will talk about that. That's going to be the featured discussion here this week. Uh, but we also have other stuff that we're going to talk about. And why don't we get into that? And uh, who would like to go first? first. All right. Um, all right. So, the Jim Henson Company yes. recently announced that they are bringing back Muppet Baby Woo! in 2018 Woo on Disney Junior. God bless America. I have mixed feelings about this. Okay, first of all, it's on Disney Junior, which I can understand because A... They, uh, you know, they're owned by Disney now, mm -hmm. and um, the fact that even though we as adults still have a huge fondness for Muppet Babies, we were actually the age, the target age Disney right. when the original was on, because Muppet Babies actually started the year before I was born and it ended when I was about six, so mm -hmm. yeah, it, I was that age, although I watched it in reruns for years after, but... Um, my issue that made it a little hard, they released um, images, and it's in CGI, which is a little hard to look at, because you think of it as, you know, a regular cartoon. And I mean, I get, you know, we're living in that age now where everything's in, you know, a lot of CGI, but it was just weird to see them in CGI. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know... But I'm going to try and give it a chance and, you know, see what it is. Well, so. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be one of my topics. But I actually have the article from Variety Magazine. Uh -huh. or, or, well, Variety Magazine online, whatever. But anyway, right. um, in, a, in an interview... Nancy Cantor, who is the executive vice president of original programming and the general manager of Disney Junior Worldwide, said the following, and I quote, We are proud and a little bit giddy. Okay, how, how many times have you ever heard anybody say they are giddy in an interview? Right. We are proud and a little bit giddy to begin production on our new version of the much-loved Muppet Babies. 
Parents will delight in seeing their favorite Muppets in the mixed animation style they remember from the original series. And kids will be introduced to this warm and zany world made just right for the Disney Junior audience. Um, as Danielle mentioned, it is CG animated. And it is geared towards ages 4 to 7. Although, I think Danielle and I will ignore that. And will feature two 11-minute adventures per episode. Um, now, Debbie McClellan, Vice President of the Muppet Studio, said, quote, Bringing Muppet Babies to Disney Junior is a wonderful opportunity to reach a new generation of viewers and to creatively build on the innovative original series. We hope to engage and delight the nostalgic fans while also in entertaining new kids, parents, and diverse audiences through heart and humor as only the Muppets can deliver. Okay, I want to. Okay, I'm gonna say this, cause I think you and I can both agree that as much as we hoped they would come ever come out on DVD, can't. Right. It, it it's just a copyright nightmare. It is. Like, I, I if you thought Family Guy did too many cutaways, that show did so many cutaways with copyright. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I mean... So... Yeah. And it stinks, because the show was so good. It was so innovative. It really was. Um, but thanks to the power of the internet and YouTube, you know, you can catch episodes uh, of the original Muppet Babies on there. Of course, I'm not sure if all of them are still up or not. Um, I, I, I do know because I have this on my Roku. There, Somebody made a Roku channel for, like, different cartoons. And the person got Muppet Babies up on there. So I don't, so I don't know if, like, all the Muppet Babies episodes are up there or not. So, um, but I did a little bit of research because I was wondering, and I, and, I know, and I know they didn't talk about this, um, I was wondering to myself if, you know, the possibility of maybe the original cast getting together again. And yeah. I did my research... And there's only one member of the original cast who's no longer living. And that's Barbara Billingsley, who was the voice of Nanny. To be oh. fair, though, I don't think a lot of people really would think of Nanny, you know? Right. Or off the top of their head. Right. But she lived to be... How, old, how long did she live? She lived to be 94, so she lived a good, long life. So I think she'll right. be... But it would be interesting to see if they would put or try to get any part of the original cast back on board. Because, you know, we've discussed how, you know, with Full House, they got everybody except the Olsen twins. 
DuckTales, you know, when it comes out, is still going to be... I, I would think they have a couple episodes with Alan Young as the voice of Scrooge on on there. So I would think there's a couple right there. Um, I would be interested to see if, you know... If they bring any or all or none of the original cast back. Yeah. I mean, Dave Cooley certainly would still do it. I mean, look at, he's certainly not trying to, you know, distance himself from, I mean, look at the, look at Fuller House. If anything, he's just as goofy as he was when he was on Full House. Mm-hmm. I'm, not sure how far ahead he's watched on Fuller House, but there's one episode in particular where he comes back, and yeah, it's <laughs> it's like 20 years hasn't passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, certainly he would agree to do, you know, do the kids' voices, and I don't. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was on there that was really a big name, but Dave Foulier is the first person I can think of. Mm-hmm. That would definitely, and a lot of the voice actors from '90s cartoons, you know, have no issue with their previous work and certainly agree to reprise their roles. Um, the cast of Animaniacs recorded a new version of the Geography song because the countries are now different because this was recorded in the '90s when um, certain parts of the Middle East were different. Right. So they, they recorded a new updated version for 2000, um, I think it was 2015, 2016 recently, and they still got together and um, did it. So, yeah, I, I don't see, and, and like the Jim Henson Company is actually, it wasn't sold to somebody, it's actually being run by Jim Henson's kids. So yeah. it's not like, they they have access to buying these people, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I'll be honest. I am excited for this. Um, when they do come out in 2018, burps. I will probably have it set to record on the DVR and. Well, I don't even know if we get Disney Junior. I'll have to look. You should. Yeah, I should. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I will be looking forward to that, and if it's any good, you know, I'll say, hey, it's good. You know, you guys should check it out. Or if it's terrible, I'll be like, no, never again. No, please, no. So. Um, but that's my thoughts on that. Mhm. All right, I'm gonna go into uh my story and. I just found this out today, because uh-huh. I'm a little bit, I haven't been paying as much attention lately, but the National Museum of Play, we've talked about them um, right. on this show before, they recently announced their inductees into the National Toy Hall of Fame. For those who don't know, yes, the National Museum of Play and the Toy Hall of Fame do legitimately exist. It is a a physical building. So, it it, it does exist, folks. 
Um, so recently they announced the class of 2016. And I was a little surprised about the list, but not too surprised. So maybe yeah. at th maybe that's a good thing. So here are the inductees for the net or for the Toy Hall of Fame for the class of 2016. They are Dungeons and Dragons, Fisher Price Little People. And the swing. Hmm. Yeah, the swing one surprised me. Because, see, the thing with the Toy Hall of Fame is, when you think of it, you're assuming, oh, it's going to be something like Barbie or something. But it's, like, generic stuff, like the swing. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really think of the swing as the toy, but it is. Yeah. You really don't. Plus, I I know I thought it was already in, yeah, but pretty much. Um, I, I I guess it wasn't in. Um, but it, it's finally gotten its recognition. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's finally its recognition is long overdue from the National Toy Hall of Fame. <laughs> Um, or is it like a specific? Cause I I think it's all swings. Yeah, I don't know. I I, just, I was just curious. Um, because I heard them discussing it on Good Morning America, and they showed you know they had some of the swing, and I'm like, I mean, I I just would take it. It's all swings. Okay. That that's what I would assume. Um. Of course, like like I said, I thought the swing had already gotten in. Mhm. Mm but it didn't. So. Um. And, and you know what? I still we still have. Um. Out in our in our house, we have a, a porch swing. Um, obviously that's different from the, the kind of swings that we're talking about here, but, I mean, they're still used, I, I see them at playgrounds, and, uh -huh. you know, um, so yeah. Now, I did hear that the swing, they, they had the induction ceremony, uh, the noose was the one who helped, uh, induct it into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that there might be an appeal. <laughs> if they can, can they have a appeal? I don't know. Um, now there were. Yeah, I know that was bad. There were other toys that were considered. I have the list. If you were interested in knowing what was also up for consideration. They include the bubble wrap, huh. Care Bears. Yeah, I heard about bubble wrap. I I agree. Me the most, but it's very true. It is. It really it, is. That on 
Good Morning America when they were doing it because they had the audience. They passed some out to the audience, and this woman who looked about maybe 50, 60 years old, her face just lit up. All right, so Bubble Wrap, Care Bears, Clue, Uh The Coloring Book, Hmm. Nerf, Uh The Pinball, Uh Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Transformers, and Uno were the other finalists. I can see... Actually, I can see all of these getting in at some point. Um, Uno is a very popular game. It's still played as you know with adults. It's not only just for kids, but also for adults. So I could definitely see that going in. I'm Again, this is another one where I'm surprised the coloring book is not in. I thought the coloring book was already in. And... Yeah. They've been making a comeback, so... Uh Uh-huh. Maybe they'll get in. Uh, Clue is... Now, Clue is such an interesting game because... I mean, we've all played it, but, you know, there's been so many different versions of Clue. Like, I have the Simpsons version of Clue. Um, here at home, and... Uh We played that many times. That's a real fun game. Yeah. Um, and the pinball. Oh, if I could, I would have a pinball in my house. Oh, if I could. My aunt and uncle did. Oh! My, it doesn't work anymore. It's about 20 years old, so it's not working. But my aunt and uncle had back to the future pinball machine in their basement. You know, I bet if they contacted um, somebody who worked, you know, who's specialty is fixing pinball machines, they could probably get it fixed. They probably could, but yeah, it's things like over 20 years. Oh, yeah, at least 20 years old. But, but yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely agree with you. I think the bubble wrap would yeah. make it, too. I seriously go, if you get some, you'll, you'll get frustrated, but <laughs> you, you won't be able to stop yourself. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. All right, uh, back to you, Danielle, with your next story. Okay, this is more of a funny thing. I, we've touched upon this a bit, but um, Beauty and the Beast, as you know, is part of um, Disney's new trend of making live-action versions of their animated films. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beauty and the Beast are coming... In, a, in March of next year, right. I'm so excited. Um, they have released images from the film already, and there are a huge group of people, extremely misguided people, <laughs> who are upset because the beast is ugly. It's a beast! What the hell? <laughs> Obviously, these People are not familiar with the story. <laughs> I, I don't even, I had to laugh because of like, are you kidding me? First of all, the only logical explanation I could find about 
think of remotely about this is um, there have been a few live action versions of Beauty and the Beast that were with the updated setting that were TV series and maybe and on those he's not an actual beast he's just a really mean tempered person mm-hmm. and he's good looking but he's just the beast refers his personality not his looks so I guess they thought they were going for that but the thing is is that if you saw Cinderella which I am going to like praise until the cows come home as like the greatest thing ever, hmm. um, they basically took the plot of the anime movie and just made it live action. So if you saw the animated version of Beauty and the Beast, and you know that he is supposed to be horrifying enough for an entire city, um, village of people to come to his castle wielding torches for the safety of the people then obviously he can't look like an everyday person for them to do this. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, no matter how mean somebody is, I really don't think they would do that. Um, so I don't... Plus the whole point of the story is he's not supposed to be good-looking. It's supposed to be what's on the inside. I, I, I sort of laugh, you know, when yeah. they, you know, when this story came up. Because it is the beach, you know. Like, yeah. What do you want him to look like? I, I don't. I, I feel like totally. Now, now, if they were now, if they had said, you know, um, uh, Emma Watson wasn't attractive, then I would have had a problem. But, but I actually, I, I do have a problem. But it, it's, well, it's a guy thing, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I don't like the dress. Because I know the pictures you're talking about. And, I have a friend who was picked off about that, too. And, and I, I, you know, it came from Entertainment Weekly, and I'm subscribed to that magazine. So I mm-hmm. did get it. Right. I saw the pictures. Mm-hmm. The pictures aren't bad. Right. My only problem is... The dress. And maybe, maybe it's because I'm a guy who remembers the movie. And I'm not a big fan of the, of, of the anime movie. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, the, the millions of pictures, animated pictures... Of Belle. Right. And the dress. And she looks absolutely stunning. And I look at the dress that's made and I'm like, this just looks like a regular dress. I mean, I, I mean, unless I'm missing something. Because uh-huh. I thought it was sort of a strapless... Because, you know, like, there, there are straps on the shoulders on huh? this one. I, I guess I thought there weren't any straps. Um, maybe I'm wrong? I... No, you're right. They were... 
they were off the shoulder. Like, they weren't all the way up on the shoulder. They were, like, off the shoulder. Like, on the... Oh, it's hard to do this without actually looking at you. And <laughs> No, it's but, okay, but but you know where I'm going. They're off the shoulder, but they're not all the way on the shoulder. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No, I... I, I I mean, other other than that one complaint that I have, I'm I'm fine with the pictures, you know. So, so yeah. if I end up going to see the movie, which mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if I will. I mean, right? You know, um, but if I do see it, I'll definitely go see it. Other than that, you know. because they love, you know, they're huge fans of Harry Potter, and they can't see Emma Watson as anybody but Hermione, so they feel like it'll be hard for them to get into the movie. Oh, uh, come you know, on. I don't have a problem. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so I don't have a problem. Right. But they, they were concerned that it would be hard for them to watch it without thinking it's Hermione. Right. Hmm. Um, Redgrave, Cuba Gooding Jr., yep. uh, Lee Schreiber, John Cusack as Nixon. Yep. Wow. Just uh. like um, when my class in high school watched Roots, we had a hard time getting into it because we were born at a certain point where we looked at it and we're like, it's the guy from Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Or, um, they had, yeah, Laura Burton from Reading Rainbow, and then 
Ben Vereen, most of us knew from Zoobly Zoo. Wow. Um, O.J. Simpson, well... Yeah, about that. Yeah, the, 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 they all laughed when he showed up. <laughs> O.J. Simpson in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's why. So, it, it's kind of hard when you do that. <sighs> Alright. Um, I actually did find another story, and... I don't know. I don't know how I forgot this today when it happened yesterday. Uh -huh. um, now we had talked about this earlier in the year, how Nintendo was bringing out the NES Classic Edition. Uh -huh. Yesterday was its release, and I knew some people who had gone to get, you know, to go out and buy it. Well, folks, if you were thinking of planning to get one today or tomorrow or the next day, you're going to want to wait a little while. Mm. I'll read this article from Forbes magazine that came out earlier today. If you tried to get your hands on a mini NES Classic Edition yesterday, odds are you didn't. Nintendo's retro console flew off the shelves, both physical and virtual, within moments yesterday, leaving a nostalgic public clamoring for more. It seems that more retailers extremely limited stock to begin with, and those that they did seem to sell out instantly. Amazon said that it was going to put some on sale at 2 p.m. yesterday, and those were gone within minutes moments. As usual, it's a combination of limited stock and overwhelming demand. This sort of thing seems to happen a lot with Nintendo, which also never seemed to make enough to satisfy customers. More recently, the same thing happened with Pokemon Go Plus. Nintendo, for its part, is promising more stock before the holidays. The company tweeted this yesterday once it became clear that only a minuscule portion of the people that wanted the mini NES actually got one. The Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition system is a hot item and we are working hard to keep up with, the, with consumer demand. There will be a steady flow of additional systems through the holiday shopping season and into the new year. Reassuring on one level, but it's hard to know how many the company will be releasing or when. We'll do our best to keep you posted on when new units are made available, but I would be surprised if there's enough stock to go around, if only based on previous experience. This is a very popular item at a relatively low price, and it's only going to go up in demand as we get closer to Hanukkah. Right now, it's the scalpers who are reaping the rewards. I seem to remember something about black markets in my Econ 101 class. It's a nasty side effect of any in-demand item, and Nintendo products have seen this in spades over the years. What, while actual evidence is impossible to come by, restricting supply to generate hype is not a totally unheard of strategy. It only works, however, if the company can make enough machines later on to actually capitalize on it. And that was written by Dave Thier of Forbes magazine. Uh -huh. 
It doesn't surprise me it got sold out that quick. Yeah. It really doesn't. I think the fact that there weren't a lot is what surprises me. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm fine, you know, obviously they did very good business. Uh-huh. Um, yesterday with this release and no doubt it's going to be you know when they do the uh list of the most desired items for the holiday season this is going to be right up there at the top or near the top of the list Ah, especially for adults Alrighty, um, now before we get into our, uh, there we go, I got it. Before we get into our discussion of this list, um, I I promised at the end of the last show that there was going to be an announcement made, which I did not forgive, folks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little tired today, but... Um, but no, I remembered this. Um, so I had this thought one day of... You know, we, we talk about nostalgic stuff. It's very rare that we talk about current stuff. So, I talked it over with Danielle... She agreed with me, and in January, on our January show, we're going to present an award. It's it's an it's a, an award that we have created, and it is called the Future of Nostalgia Award. And what that is, because Danielle and I were going to take our sweet time. We're each going to pick one thing, either it be a movie, a TV show, an album, a video game, whatever, that we feel that in 10 years, 20 years down the line, we'll be talking about that. So, and it's only one thing that we have to pick. So we might have the same thing. We, I, I don't think we'll have the same thing on this first one. Uh-huh. But it's sort of saying, hey, we really like this. We're going to push hard, you know, for this and hope that it's still talked about in 10, 20 years. So, um, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. And if you guys like it, we'll make it an annual thing. So. Uh-huh. Alright. Now let's get into this. Uh, this is the list, like I said in the beginning, it came out a month ago um, from Rolling Stone magazine. 
of the 100 greatest TV shows of all time. Yep. This was a 52-person committee, basically, who came up with the, the, the job of picking the greatest TV shows of all time. How they did it, uh, I don't know, because that's a hell of a task. So we're going to go through all of them, and we'll say if we like this, if we didn't like it, or if we've never seen it before. There's a possibility there are some of these we've never watched before. So, let's get right into it. So we'll start with number 100, and number 100 is Eastbound and Down. Uh, and this is the United States, or is this worldwide, in terms of TV shows? Uh, worldwide. Okay. So there's a good chance that there might be a few I've never heard of. Well, there's, well, there's going to be some British shows okay. on here. But you, you won't have to worry about, like, a show from Russia or Mexico or Japan, more than likely. Uh-huh. So, I think we're safe with that. Okay. I've never seen the show Eastbound and Down. Um, the only thing I remember from that show, because it's a combination of two things that I really like, um, is the main character is playing minor league baseball in Mexico, and he comes out to Real American, Hulk Hoganstein. And there's fireworks going off, and, like, it's a small crowd. It makes no sense. So that's the only thing I remember about it. All right, 99, Oz. Didn't watch it, but I know a lot of people liked it. Yeah, I, I've never seen the uh, the show, so. 98, The Golden Girls. Oh, come on. <laughs> and we have uh, our first disagreement of this list. No, okay. You, for those who know me, I love, like, I have every season of that show on DVD. You... <laughs> And you gotta tell me that it's that far down the list? <laughs> oh, come on. No. It needs to be further up. I... No. Hey, if you, if you want to talk, you know, you, you, you go talk to the 52 no. people. Honestly, no. It should be higher in Danielle's opinion, basically, folks. It really should be. Are you kidding me? Oh. <sighs> what do you people know? Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, 97, Portlandia. That is a very funny show. I'm not going to lie. Not funnier than the Golden Girls, but it is a funny show. That's a weird show. It, yeah. We, the fun part about that show is there's not a whole lot of continuity, so you can watch it out of order, and it still kind of makes sense. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to know that. But it's a funny show. Ninety six, Gunsmoke. My father will be proud. 
Well, I mean, it's a legendary show, and this was something that just came into my mind. Uh, that was the news recently. The Simpsons got renewed for two more seasons, so hey. the Simpsons will pass Gunsmoke as the longest-running episodic... I, I, I guess that's the right word. They the already word. have. But this is just, like, the definitive... Boom, it's there, pretty much. Well, no, Gunsmoke ran for 20 seasons. The Simpsons has been on for, like, 25, 20 Yeah, they are. I, I, I meant number of episodes. I didn't mean seasons. Oh, oh, number of episodes, right. Okay, yeah, yeah but yeah. But yeah, if my father were here right now, he'd be yelling just as loudly as I did about Gold Golden Girls. Girls. About Gunsmoke being as far down. <laughs> because my dad loves Gunsmoke. <laughs> Uh, also, in fact, Gilligan's Island was supposed to have an additional season, right. but because of Gunsmoke, they didn't. Yeah, it was like some executive's wife at CBS was a big fan of right. Gunsmoke. Because and... Gunsmoke's ratings weren't doing that well. They were going to cancel Gunsmoke, but the TV executive and his wife were like, hey, we like Gunsmoke, keep it on. So, there you go. So, if you want to know why Gilligan's Island ended without them getting off the island... That's why. There you go. <laughs> All right. 95. Key and Peel. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. That's a good show. Um, I've actually watched it. Uh-huh. There's one skit that is my absolute favorite skit on that show. And I, I posted it, I think, a year or two ago on Facebook, where... Um, it's Keegan Michael Key. He goes. He he's Reginald Vell Johnson from Family Matters. Oh. And he's pissed off because uh, Jaleel White, who's played by Jordan Peele, is getting more attention on the show, and it is one of the funniest things ever. Like the uncensored version is what makes it even funnier. So. If you ever get a chance, folks, check that out. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson getting some love from Keegan Michael Key. Oh, Ninety-four, Jeopardy. Oh, so okay. They're getting they're I, letting game shows in. Yeah, I was like thinking in terms of like episodic TV, but not really, you know, game shows. But I. I'm a little surprised that it's down that low, but certainly Jeopardy is a very interesting and challenging show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I know it's like an on-and-off basis where it's like there will be times where I will watch it night after night, and then yeah. there are other times where you just go and you could, you could be away from it for a while, and it won't hurt you. Number 93, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I know a lot of people who are huge fans. Me! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love, the, love the show. Um, that is actually one of the most original ideas of a TV show ever, mm -hmm. is finding the bad B-level, C-level movies... And just making fun of them. 
the sad thing is, it's kind of nowadays, if someone were to see it for the first time, they really wouldn't get what the big deal is because people do that a lot now. Like, it's not as nearly as original. It's still, you know, I still think it's a very iconic show, and I get why a lot of people like it, but people on YouTube and people everywhere else do this so much now that, like, you know, people wouldn't, if someone was seeing it for the first time, they wouldn't get why it was so revolutionary right. at the time, because it's so... And, I mean, my podcast, Untitled Movie Project, cheap plug, is huh. a ripoff of this show, yeah. except I do the movies that people like. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, because you have to remember that the movies he's doing, he actually likes them, but you're like, sort of going, but you're making fun of it. Mm -hmm. And I make fun of my favorite movies too, so. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry, folks. Um, mm -hmm. Don't don't worry. I, I, I get my movies too. Yeah. But I think the fact that Number one, you know, it is iconic in a, in a way. And the fact that it's coming back is a big deal. Um, it's going to be on Netflix. Um, my guess is it'll be either the end of this year or in 2017 is when it'll come on. And I actually watched a, a little commercial today. Because they did, um, and I never knew this till a couple years ago, they used to do a tradition where they would be on on Thanksgiving Day. And it'd be like hours of episodes. So this year, they are doing the top six voted episodes of all time by the fans. So it'll be interesting to see how it got ranked on Thanksgiving Day. All right, uh, back to the list. Ninety-two, American Idol. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I do get why it's popular, but I kind of lost like all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I get it. No, I get it. All right, ninety-one, Broad City. I've heard of it. I've honestly never heard of it. Would you like to inform us of it? I'll go look it up. <laughs> oh, you no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, well, I'm on something already anyways. Um oh. it is on Comedy Central. Oh. It is a sitcom about two Jewish American women in their 20s who experience adventures of carelessness and frivolity in New York City. One seeks to avoid working as much as possible while present, pursuing her relentless hedonism, and the other tries to make a career as an illustrator, often getting sidetracked into the other scheme. <laughs> huh. Okay. Lovely. Well, those of you who watch Broad City. There you go. Uh, <laughs> number 90, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, kids. Why are you putting all the good ones at the bottom? No. That, I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible, but no. <laughs> you, I, I always tell people, I'm like, if you think, um, when you think of old black and white sitcoms, like, 
you know, leave it to Beaver or whatever, and it's so stereotypical, and all the wife says wear profiles, I'm like, watch the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. Totally different than it. No. Like, I love Lucy. It wasn't like that either. But I love Lucy. It was more or less Lucy doing all the crazy stuff and everybody else reacting to right. it. Right. The Dick Van Dyke show, it's everybody doing crazy stuff and everybody... It, like, one episode, he might be the... It, it changes episode by episode. And it is just too... It is just hilarious. And it's on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, go watch it. All five seasons on Netflix. It is, like, probably one of the greatest sitcoms. And loosely based on the creator's real life, too, which is kind of cool. So There you go. Number 89, Homeland. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. My, my parents enjoy the show. I, I know of it. I've never seen it, but I do know of it, so... 88, Party Down. Heard of it, but... Can't say I know of it, so... 87, Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a huge amount of angry people who will also... (laughs) (laughs) They 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 will mob the streets. Yeah. In protest. Going like, not my list. Not my list. Because I know I have several friends who are in that fandom, and I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh my God, they are. They would not be happy. Huge. Yeah. Uh, number eighty-six. Good times. That is actually. A, I wasn't a huge fan of it per se. I did laugh at a few episodes, though. There were a few funny episodes. But I wasn't what you call a... And I can sing the theme song, but that's about it. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a hardcore fan of it. But, yeah. But now, it does need to be on the list. Now, we actually got um, a quote from the ghost of Esther Roll when she heard that this was number 86. You know what she said? Damn. Damn, damn, damn! That what? wasn't even close. I know. I know. Exactly. They are sound like a Shakespearean actor or something. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. Again. Um, and if you've never seen Good Times, you probably would not get that joke at all. But. But I know. But I know of the moment. So. Right. I I don't know. Yeah. I I I I guess I'm not in the uh, Florida. I don't know. Let's move on. Right. Eighty-five. Eighty-five. The real world. Okay, so you mean to tell me, sorry, they beat out Dick Van Dyke and the Golden Girls? Mm-hmm. How the hell? All right. I'm sorry. No offense to any real world fans that might be listening to this. But are there still any? Are you serious? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> really? Now, who did this again? Rolling Stone magazine. It was the the staff, along with 52 writers, producers, critics, and actors and actresses. And they collectively felt like reality TV was, like, better than... I don't think it's that they felt it was better, but when you take a look at the two, and I can sort of see the point, 
um, the real world is sort of the godfather of reality television. It, it is true. It was reality television before there was such a thing called reality television. There were a few shows before that that also did that, but I see your point. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's just like... Also, if you also when it originally started, it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I am from the generation where it was rerun every weekend, nonstop, to the point where, yeah, don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I blame it part. Even though it started in the early nineties, it's partially responsible for MTV not playing music anymore. <laughs> Number 84, Real Time with Bill Maher. I've never actually seen it. You're not missing much. I know who he is, though, because my grandmother, of all people, loved Politically Incorrect (laughs) with Maher and used to watch it. So so, um, I'm familiar with who Bill Maher is, but I've never seen Real Time with Bill Maher. Did I ever tell you, real quick, did I ever tell you what my grandma used to watch um, in her room? There would be nights where she would watch My Wife and Kids and the George Lopez show. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's not as bad. Like, my grandmother was watching politically. My, and I was so, because I had never seen the show before. I was 13 and, like, staying in her house for the summer. And every night at 1230, because it came out, like, 1230 in the morning, 12 or midnight or something. And... Uh, yeah, it was midnight, because I used to watch Letterman to see the top ten list, and there would be times when I couldn't, because they would do the top ten list after midnight. Yeah. So I would have to watch Bill Mark. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Number 83, House of Cards. Heard of it. It's Never a good... It. To me, it's a good show. Yeah. However, um, and I'm going to tell this story. There, because my parents were really into the show. I don't think I've ever told you this story, Danielle. I've told this to somebody, a couple people before. Okay. So one day I get picked up from work. My dad usually picks me up. And at this point, my parents are way ahead of me on House of Cards. I'm still on season one. They were like in season three. So we stop at a light. And he goes to me, he's like, Bill, I'm not watching House of Cards anymore. And I'm like, okay. And then, and this is a spoiler alert for those who have never seen this. The episode that they watched to where my dad now refuses to watch the show is uh, Kevin Spacey, who plays Frank Underwood, is the main character. He's in church... Um, and, and, like, the pastor leaves the church area, and he spits on the cross, like, the crucifix. The, you know the little stat, the statue? Uh-huh. He spits on it. And then, like, a couple seconds later, it fell down, and he's like, oh, it fell down accidentally. And my dad was like, never again. Wow. Yeah. Up until that point, you had my parents. All right, let's keep going. 
Uh, number 82, The Jeffersons. Yeah. That should be a little higher, though, but it is a whole I, I agree with you. It, it is whole. That's one of the few shows. First of all, it ran longer than the show it was spun off from. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize. It, technically, it did. Yeah. Because the last... Or they changed all the name of All in the Family in Archie Bunker's place, and it was without Edith, so it's... A lot of people like to connect it to All in the Family and make it all one show, but technically it's just... Because it never ended. Like, it just changed the title and all that. But I consider it a separate series, because it really was. Yeah. It was mainly about him and his friends at the bar. It wasn't really much about him at home at all. Yeah. So, um... But the Jefferson ran for 10, I think it was 10 or 11 years. Yeah, 1975 to 85. Very, and it, and it was a good show, and they thought they were coming back, and they had to find out through the newspaper that they weren't. And it's sad, but, and Sherman Hemsley alone, anything he does, he's hilarious. Oh, one of the, I would say one of the most underrated people ever on television. So, if you ever get a chance, watch the Jeffersons, watch his other show, Amen. I think that's seriously underrealized. Oh, yeah. I yes. remember Amen. Oh, a I lot of people forget that show even existed. No, I, re I remember it. In fact, when I was a kid, that was the first thing I saw him in was Amen. I didn't start seeing reruns of Jeffersons until I was in middle school. But Amen was still on when I was little, and that was the first thing I saw him in. And I cracked up. Like, yeah. So, thank you. Some cable challenges started rerunning it again, so definitely gotta go check that out. All right. Number 81, Dallas. I agree, yeah. I watched Not Landing, which is a spinoff, but I watched the newer version of Dallas, which they it, it ended about a year or two ago. Yeah, because uh, um, the guy that was JR, whose name I. Well, oh, Larry, Larry Hagman. That passed away, and they made the right call on that one. No, it, they kept it going after he passed away. It's just the network canceled it. Yeah. And, because it was still going on, and they even wrote his death into the storyline and everything. Um, because they had, they knew because he was sick, so they knew. But, um, it, the new Dallas, which I watched on TNT, was actually a good show. I didn't watch the original but I watched Not Landing, which was spun off from it. And those, like, makes those. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, good. I, I do agree, though, that it was an iconic show. Oh, God, yeah. Very much so. Number 80, The Fugitive. Huh. I think, okay, with that one, our generation would remember it more for the movie. Right. Not the TV show. Right. So, but it was a it was a popular show, and the fact that it was like twenty five plus years until the movie was made, uh -huh. and then the movie I think ended up getting nominated for best picture at the Oscars that year. Yeah. Um. All right. Seventy nine. In Living Color. Oh yeah, that was a good show. That was, I I've seen parts of it. That is funny. That is some funny stuff. 
Okay. Number 78. 30-something. I've never actually seen it, but I've heard it was a good show. Same here. Same here. Um, the, I'm currently obsessed with this show. Like, I haven't been able to talk to, about it much on here because it's on now, but I'm a, my new, I'm currently super obsessed with this show called This Is Us. And mm-hmm. the guy, one of the guys who works on This Is Us worked on 30-something, and people said, because This Is Us revolves around a bunch of people who are 36 years old, turn 36 years old on the same day. Or, so... Um, they, and they said you can see a lot of hints of 30-something on This Is Us if you watch it. But, oh, yeah. So, I, I, so, from what I've seen This Is Us, I'm sure 30-something was a great show. Number 77, The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. I've never seen it, but certainly I can tell you. The first season is really good. It's like the second season. Like, it, it was hard for me. I couldn't get much more into it. I mean, it is insanely popular right now. I mean, like, it, it is... It is to the zombie genre what American Idol was about... Ten years ago, to the music business or the music genre for television, it is that popular. Number seventy-six, late night with Conan O'Brien. Hmm. Yeah, I certainly have good memories of that show. Oh, so it's oh so funny. Um, the characters that they had. Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. It's Conan O'Brien being Conan O'Brien. Yeah. It's just great. In the year 2000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Alright, this next one, as far, not as far as placement, but as far as shows go, I think this is our first big controversial choice. The People versus O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. That's not a people. That's a miniseries. Right? Yeah, it's a ten-part miniseries. And it's on this list. I don't get that one. I mean, I wanted to see it. Don't get me wrong. I, I probably will try to find a way to watch it. But I don't know how this makes this list. Yeah. Huh. See, our first controversial selection. There. Yeah. Alright. Number 74, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, that was a good show. Mm. Little, little known snippet. First show my parents ever banned me from watching. Really? Was Ren and Stimpy. Yep. I was allowed to watch. Oh my God! Can we trade parents? <laughs> well, the thing is, there was a period of time when we didn't have cable, and by the time we got it for good, I was like nine or ten, so we didn't care about that. 
but yeah, we were we were allowed to watch her. But you know, it, it's funny how like when I became older and I watched, it, I was like, yeah, I could see why they banned me. Well, because my parents were had what TV tropes refers to as the animation age ghetto, in that because it's a cartoon, it's for kids. Exactly. That's so that. So a lot of stuff when I was a kid, I got to see, even though it wasn't really, because my parents would see it and say, well, it's a cartoon. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, The Simpsons, they didn't really pick it up on how old it was until I was a little older. (laughs) Number 73, Transparent. I've heard that was a good show. Yeah, I want to see that one just to see how good it is. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is the main character, and anything he does is pretty good. I mainly know him from Arrested Development, but yeah. And some will remember him from the Larry Sanders show, and some might remember him from Muppets in Space. I, I do remember him from Muppets. Although, was he real? real quick... Would you really consider him to be the villain in that movie? I never thought he was. There's... I can only think of... Well, now... See, the villains in the Muppet movies hammered up so much that, like, it's hard to really even... Even when they are, there is a clear villain, it's hard to really think of them. Because they ham it up so much. Mm-hmm. Like, like, um, Tim Curry and Muppet Treasure Island... Right, that was that was a villain, right there. He ham- he was a villain, but he hammed it up so much that like it was hard not to laugh at him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would consider him. Um. Oh, God. Yeah, I I don't know. I have to see the movie again because I only saw it once. Now, the um. In the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas, he was a villain. That's right. He he was in that. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. He was definitely a villain in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Maybe because I try to forget. Never mind. A lot of people try to forget. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Number seventy-two, girls. I've heard that was good. I've heard it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Seventy-one. There's our thoughts on girls. <laughs> Sorry if anybody likes it. Sorry. 71, Mr. Show. I also find someone from Arrested Development, but I've never actually seen it. <laughs> I've never seen that show. The guy who plays Tobias on Arrested Development starred on it, but okay. I've never actually seen it. <laughs> Alright, number 70, Roseanne. relationship with that show a lot of the episodes I like are the ones people hate mm-hmm. like a lot of people hate it include, the cast included the Disney World episode but I actually like that episode because hmm. it, it's just hilarious well because what it was was ABC was bought by Disney Yeah. so as a, in fact they still do it to this day all the TV shows, the sitcoms on ABC had to have an episode where the family goes to Disney World or Disneyland. Um, 
for, you know, they do a special. Roseanne hated doing it because they're like, well, that's not the type of show we are. Yeah. But, and they even did a parody episode to get back at them for it. And, but, um, but I loved it because, yeah, it was Disney World, but they were still acting like the cast of Roseanne would if they went to Disney World. Like, they were, um, they, like, they, um, they, they stayed in a hotel room that had, like, the curtains that could open and close by remote control, and they were just so fascinated by this. Huh. And they're like, it's like on the price is right. <laughs> like, watching this thing. And, um, they, and they all wound up in first class because the state pissed off the people on the airplane so much that they let them all go sit in first class. They're like, we make nice people everywhere we go. Yes. And then the part where um, Dan is like um, trying to find beer, but they don't serve beer in the Magic Kingdom. They serve it at Epcot. So the whole episode is him running around trying to find beer as When You Wish Upon a Star plays. Huh. <laughs> but due to copyright reasons, they had to take that music out in the um, reruns of it. But the original version. <laughs> Number 69, The Ed Sullivan Show. Oh, definitely, yeah. I would have that higher, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it, it, that show was really iconic. Oh, my God, that that would be higher on my list. They used to be... Um, there used to be... Uh, what is it? Uh... A show on VH1 called Ed Sullivan's Rock and Roll Classics where they would show all of the people who were, you know, famous or just becoming famous, the first appearances on Ed Sullivan. And that was pretty... Although you wouldn't... You would think that the music acts were the whole show, but they really weren't. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the part people tend to focus on more now. Yeah. But it was a really a variety show. They had, like, puppeteers and comedians and it wasn't just the rock and roll acts but that's but it's most remembered for that's what's most remembered for number 68 the state heard of it but never seen I've it I've never heard of this show never it used to come on cable but I forgot what channel right yeah alright 67 the odd couple the original? The original. Okay. The original. I, I do watch the remake, and I actually think it's funny, but I can understand why the original's up there. Oh, that's yeah. probably Matthew Perry calling to tell us why his version should be on this list. <laughs> Matthew Perry is hilarious. I'm sorry. Matthew Perry's the whole reason why I watched the couple. The, the one that's currently on. Right. But... Yeah. <laughs> I love Matthew Perry. Uh, 66, Downton Abbey. I hate saying I heard of it, but I've never seen it. I, oh, I actually almost watched the show, but I read the plot, and it just got so complicated. I was like, I don't know if I could get into this. I never really 
I never really got it. I, I never saw it, so I can't remember. Yeah. Number 65, Happy Days. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite shows as growing, growing up. Um, I watched... Um, I, I watched it in reruns all the time. He's come on Nick at Night, and I was obsessed. Like, horribly obsessed. Like, to the point where my family and friends were, like, sick of hearing about it. Happy Days. And, and, and it's in like Ruby, and it's the episodes people hated that I liked. <laughs> so, um, like, I hate the term jump the shark because a lot of my favorite episodes of Happy Days actually happened after that. Right. <laughs> so I hate that term because it's kind of, but yeah, I love um, it. it, it there are parts of it now when I watch it, it's a little bit cringe makes you cringe a little but yeah number 64 Chappelle's show yeah yeah that was one of the most smartest best shows that Comedy Central ever had if Dave Chappelle had not turned away the money. I think that show would have lasted longer. We could be making a case for it being maybe the best TV show ever. Uh-huh. And the thing is, there are, there are skits that are still talked about to this day. I remember <laughs> um, one of our friends, Bill and I... Our friends and I, we like to get together and sometimes play board games at parties and stuff. And I had the board game of Name That Tune where you play the DVD and it shows, you know, music video clips. You have to guess who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, so somebody played a clip of, um, the sh- of, um, Super Freak. And so I asked. So they said, guess who that is? And I said, that's Rick James, bitch. <laughs> and my friend, who had never seen a Chappelle show, looked at me so horrified. What did you call me? Oh, my. And she was so horrified. Like, why did you call me that? <laughs> I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> my favorite skit. Actually, there's two. There's two that are my absolute favorite from that show. Number one, well, actually, they're not in order, but I'm just going to say them. The first one is the one with Wayne Brady. And they're doing training day. And Wayne Brady is this evil, psychotic son of a bitch. And when he pulls up to the club and there's one guy going like, Oh, shit, it's Wayne Brady! <laughs> and he pulls yeah. out the gun. <laughs> And I laughed my ass off. It was so funny. Because, you know, Wade Brady, oh, he's this happy, you know, guy. And it was so great. It, it really was. And the other one is the race draft. Where the different races got to select people to join their race. Um... Like, the Asians drafted the Wu-Tang Clan. 
Uh, where did Tiger Woods go? Oh, he he went to. Okay, Tiger Woods went to the Blacks, and there's this one line where he's like, "Goodbye, fried rice. Hello, fried chicken." Like, if they brought that skit back. I would say for the white delegation, we select Michael Winslow, the the the, the voice guy. Yeah. yeah, the voice guy. That's who I would want. Yeah. <laughs> I know that'd be a wasted pick, but it. <laughs> oh man. Uh-huh. All right. Number sixty-three, The Wonder Years. Oh yeah, definitely. That is a very iconic show. Oh my gosh, yeah. I you. <sighs> It's almost like you. In fact, I'm sure somebody out there probably wondered if it was based on a true story, because it just seems so. Yeah. Yeah, like. In fact, most of the stuff I knew about the '60s, oddly enough, you know, before you know, I got older and started looking up stuff and reading, you know, and actually talking to my parents who lived during it. Um, was from watching the Wonder Years. And what the amazing thing is, because I, I think there, there, there's two reasons why people, rem- well, three, why people remember this show. One, the opening theme. Two, uh, Fred Savage's role. And then three, uh, Danica McKellar is Winnie Cooper. And she looks amazing still to this day for being 41 years old. Savage, too. Yeah, they both look good. Fred Savage, he's Ben Savage from Boy Meets World's older brother, and both of them look almost exactly like they did when their shows were on the air. It's frightening. I don't know what it is. And <laughs> If for those wondering, Danica McKellar is only 41. Yeah, that's insane. So. Alright, 62, Sex in the City. Yeah, I can understand that. I really could, too. I never, I mean, well, I never. I've seen a couple episodes, but I can definitely, in terms of impact and the fact that there's people these days who still identify with it, definitely. Mm-hmm. 61, your show of shows. Yes. I'm not sure if very many of you people know what that is. Go go ahead, tell them. Okay, your show of shows was um, Sid Caesar in the 1950s. That was his variety show. Now, the show itself um, might not be as um, well-known, but I know a lot of people do, you know, still do know of it. But it's not, but the writers of the show, um, people like Carl Reiner, um, Mel Brooks, Brooks, certainly. In fact, the Dick Van Dyke show, what Carl Reiner created it based off of his experiences of writing your show shows. That's what that was about. So, if it wasn't for that show, we'd never have the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. And Mel Brooks would have never met a lot of people. Mel Brooks, Neil Simon, and, <sighs> crazy. 
So, um, but I do, I, I'm not super familiar. I haven't actually seen the show, but I do know, have seen some of the comedy since season. He is actually very funny. So I do agree. All right. Number 60, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it, it has to be on there. Like, if Ren and Stippy's going to be on there, then Beavis and Butthead has to be on there. I didn't really watch Beavis and Butthead. Um, I watched the spin-off. <laughs> Daria, you, you refer to. I watched Daria like crazy, but no, I didn't watch Beavis and Butthead. Now, here's the thing, though. And this is something that I know that I did as an adult, because I never watched the show. Yeah. Like, I will go on YouTube, and I will watch the videos where they make fun of the music videos. Mm-hmm. Which is still funny. Oh, yeah. I, I did see those. I do remember seeing those growing up, but I never actually saw the show Beavis and Mudhead. Right. I think they bought it back a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, they did. I saw that. Yeah, they did. And I saw the movie Beavis and Butthead do America, which probably would have been more funny if I was familiar with it. I have not seen that movie. Yeah, I've but, seen that but here's the weird thing. Siskel and Ebert gave that movie two thumbs up. Ow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny story. Um, Real quick. I went to a really conservative Lutheran school for elementary middle school. And um, Part we, of had school. we had what was called Cartoon Character Day where you wore a T-shirt that had your you know favorite cartoon character on it. And this girl wore a Beavis and Butthead shirt to school, and they had to call her mother and send her up to the school with a new sh- with another shirt for her to put on. Oh my Beavis and Butthead was not appropriate. I, shirt I, I take it the administrative staff did not want peepee for their bunghole. Nor they did the same thing about a couple of years later when South Park caught on and kid wore a South Park shirt for. Not that. <laughs> oh my. Alright. Uh-huh. 59. Hill Street Blues. Heard of it, but I've never seen it. But again, it won a lot of Emmys. Oh my gosh. Time. That was a that was a big show for just the police in general, I think. So. Yeah. And the guy who did it, Stephen Bosco, is very has a good track record with crime shows in general. So, yeah, I understand. Hi, are you ready for your next controversial selection? Sure. Number 58, Roots. Okay. Going back to the miniseries again. It was a very iconic miniseries. Oh, it, it is. At the very, I mean, my father could go on for hours telling you about his experience watching that show. I, well, coincidentally, I explained earlier why it was hard for my class to watch it. Also, it is not a show you show, um, something you should show high school students for one class period because it took us two months to finish. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're in like a class for like um, an hour or whatever. Yeah. I know we were watching it in world history, we never finished it. We watched it for world history, too, yeah. We were we never were able to finish it. And the weird thing is, we were watching it because we had a genealogy project. 
this was like to prepare us for that, but it was, was but it, we had to wait two months before we got the assignment because this movie took so long. And oh my god, so. And most of it really wasn't us paying attention to the movie, it was, hey, it's that guy. Or mm. hey, it's so and so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Number 57, Faulty Towers. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I have not seen it. Go watch it. Better, yeah, watch it, then watch the commentary, because John Cleese, who is just hilarious in general, um, John Cleese does commentary for the episodes, and he explains the jokes, and he explains how some of them don't work, because he's very critical about his Number 56, 24. Oh, I heard it was good. <laughs> if you were, if you were, um, if you were confident with yourself that you could stick to the plot of here's what happens every hour of that entire day, you could be fine. Otherwise, you won't, you won't really. Number 55, Six Feet Under. Huh. Okay. I know of the show, never seen it. Uh-huh. Number 54, The Muppet Show. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it made the list. To be honest with you. Huh. I, I did not expect it to be on the list. For as much as we talk about it, I I did not think it would be on, so. Uh, 53, The Bob Newhart Show. Okay. I've only seen a few episodes. I'm a huge fan of the show he did after it, Newhart, though. Mm -hmm. That cracks me up. I love that show. But the Bob, in fact, I feel like that's very underrated. Because I feel like the Bob Newhart show gets more attention, but but I I can understand why it's up there, but I haven't actually seen that many episodes of it. Okay. Number fifty-two, the Colbert Report. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly I don't think I ever saw an episode of that. I I have. My sister was a big fan of it when it was on. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while because I didn't get that he was... In fact, there are people this day, to this day who don't understand that he was a character. He was playing a character. It wasn't really him. Mm -hmm. Because he hosts um, late night... You know, what used to be Letterman's show, he hosts it now. Right. And he's himself with him. And in real life, he's... Um, I don't want to get into politics too much, but in real life, he's a liberal. But the care, but he was playing a conservative and making fun of conservatives on the Colbert Report. But people think the character he played on the Colbert Report is actually how he really is. So they feel like, oh, you went over to the other side. No, not what happened. So <laughs> it's kind of funny if you ever 
get bored, read the comments on Late Night with Stephen Colbert's Facebook page. Right. And, you know, people are, like, clueless. <laughs> hmm. uh, number 51, Fargo. Oh. I didn't know it was a TV show. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Well, it's a TV show, Danielle. There. <laughs> I, I have to now look this uh, uh, oh, okay. They made a TV show out of the movie. I did not know that. And it's still on. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, now we're at the halfway point. 50. ER. Okay. You got nothing? <laughs> I, I get it. I've seen maybe two episodes of it. Okay. I, the only reason we really watched it is because my friends and I were sleeping over or whatever, and my and they're like, hey, John Stamos is on there now. Let's watch. Hmm. That's the only reason why we saw it. Okay. <laughs> my sisters loved ER. Let me repeat that word. Loved with a D at the end. Mm-hmm. That show. Um, it's not even a joke. It really isn't. Uh, 49, Taxi. Okay. That was, that was a big show. Yeah, my dad loved Taxi. I'm personally more familiar with Tony Danzon, who's the boss, though. Mm Mm-hmm. But my dad loved Taxi. There was something I watched the other day. What was it? There, There was something on the computer... Where, um, like, it was, it was a scene with Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd. And Lloyd was breaking through, like, these brownies and how, like, he was explaining to DeVito, you know, how there was drugs in them. Uh It was really funny. It, it was pretty funny, actually. So. Um, Alright. Number 48. The Office, the U.S. version. Yeah. That, that was a very good show. Um, wow, it had its, you know, it had its good moments, and it also had its bad moments too right you know it, it wasn't safe all the way so but the first like i want to say the majority of the time steve Carell was on there yeah it was it didn't work too well without him although the last season it did start to get better but yeah it, I, I still, I it's on Netflix. I listen to it at work all the time. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect. You, you don't want me to be, this podcast would be like 40 minutes long if I went into how great the show was. Okay. But, yeah, <laughs> it is a good show. It definitely needs to be there. It is hilarious. Uh, all right. <laughs> Number 47, The Rockford Files. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one either, so... I've heard of it. 
Number 46, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, my mom would agree with you on that one. That is another one, one of the greatest ensemble casts. The Office is one, too, but that is just... <laughs> I, I identify with a lot of workplace sitcoms. Once you start working in Office, because you'll see these shows, and you'll be like, there's somebody like that, that's not my job. And that's what that show is. It's a very funny. Um, seriously, watch that episode. Just watch Chuckles the Clown. If you're going to... Okay? Yeah. That one episode. All right. Number 45, Battlestar Galactica. But I, I, I should point out which version it is so people don't get confused. It is... The 2003-09 version of Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. Not the 70s version. Ah. I know it was... Like, I, I had heard it was different from the original version. And it was a lot darker. Uh-huh. That's what I know. Uh, alright. 44, Columbo. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, never, I, I'm, I definitely am familiar with them, though. Yeah. <laughs> 43, The Americans. Hmm. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that show. Yeah. 42, NYPD Blue. Okay. That one, that was a bit more adult. Of a police show. Like, we talked about Hill Street Blues earlier. Like, how important of a show that was. This one, like, took it up, like, a notch or two. With that one. 41, The Honeymooners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think what's what's amazing with that, and I'm just going to bring it up real quick. Uh-huh. It only lasted for, like, a year or two years. Right. And that was it. Yeah. It, it, and a few of them were, like, special. It it lasted as a standalone series for about 30-some-odd episodes. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, it was either a segment on the Jackie Gleason show or it was a special. Yeah. So, yet... The Flintstones, which is the cartoon version of it, in a way, loosely based off of it, mm-hmm. much longer. Yes. Number 40, The Shield. Okay. Never seen it. I, I know about it. That's what made Michael Chiklis a huge star. So. Yeah. 39, Lost. All I know is that last episode, like I caught like the last 15 minutes of it, I pretty much got the whole show right there. <laughs> number th- number 38, I'm sorry, I had to chuckle on that one. 38, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What? 38, though. I... 
seen it, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. My sister was a huge, huge fan, though. My sister had the board game and <laughs> used to watch it all the time. 37. Orange is the new black. Yeah, I can see that. I watched the first episode. After that, could not really get into it. You try and you try and you try. Number 36. Law and Order. Original? The original. Okay. The funny thing is, that's not the one that's still running. Right. It's <laughs> SVU that's still going. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people, when they think Law and Order, they think of that and don't realize that they were two separate shows. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they have like three or four different versions yeah, of Law it Yeah, Law and Order, on? Trial by Jury. SVU. L.A.? Was it L.A.? It was something else. You you could they they did that with CSI as well as um NCIS. Yeah, it, it's craziest. Yeah, Law and Order Los Angeles. I was right. I I'm I'm getting the franchise up. Okay, there is Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Law and Order Trial by Jury, Law and Order LA, Law and Order True Crime. And Law and Order, you the jury. I don't remember any of those other ones. And oh my god, they actually have video games. Isn't that fun? Let's see. There's Law and Order, Dead on the Money, Law and Order, Double or Nothing, Law and Order, Justice is Served, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and Law and Order Legacies. And the UK adapted our version, and now it's called Law and Order. Law and Order UK. It used to be called Law and Order London. But wow, there's actually a Law and Order video game. Learn something new today, folks. Uh, 35. My So-Called Life. Yeah, I remember that. I was young, though, when it was on, but I do remember. I know of it. That's all I can really say. I know of it. 34, 30 Rock. Yeah. The later seasons I can't speak too much on, but yeah. Alec Baldwin is hilarious because the character he plays on 30 Rock is supposed to be like this really serious guy, but then he says really goofy stuff and it just, I don't know, it just sounds really funny. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> he still says it with this very serious voice. Yeah. 30, uh, 33, South Park. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that has to be up there. That needs to be, yeah. That's... And because, you know, I do the podcast for South Park, I, I'm starting to more and more appreciate the show and what they've done as a whole. Yeah, my friends especially have applauded because they now do themes with each season now, I think, or something like that. And last season, or I don't know if it still is the same season, but they did a whole season of shows revolving around political correctness. Yeah, and, that was last season. And my friends were like, yes, you need to do this. This season, it is about trolling on the yeah. internet. 
the election and boys versus girls. And I will admit I haven't watched as much as I used to, but a friend of mine said, um, well, you have to see this episode. I said, well, what's it about? He said, it's about how people on Yelp think they're food critics. Yes. said, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And believe me, that's it. I, I'm not going to give away how it ended. <laughs> oh, my God. But I was like, yes, people do do this, though. They do. People think that because they write online review of anything, they are like an expert in this field. They are like a a qualified expert in this field. And they're not. Like, I'm into reading romance novels and... A lot of people who write reviews on Goodreads think that they're like the New York Times. Like, <laughs> you're not. So, I yeah, I laughed my butt off of that one. So, <laughs> thirty-two. I love Lucy. Shocked that it's that low. Yeah, I am too. I am shocked. It definitely needs to be there, but I would think it would be in the top ten. If not the top ten, at least the top twenty. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. 31, Sesame Street. Sesame Street, yeah, I love Lucy. I know, right? I, I, and I, I love Sesame Street. I, I will, even though I hate what they're doing to it now, I will always have a tremendous amount of respect for that show because of what they are, what initially they were trying to do, I should say. Hmm. So, right now it's on HBO and it's half an hour long and it's kind of, yeah. you know, but um, but what they did do over the years, marvelous. And given with certain things that are going on right now, I hope they stick to their original plan because a lot of kids right now are going to need that. Mm-hmm. Number 30, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I was little when it was first on. I don't remember because I went to bed early and then the few times when I was little that I did stay up that late, my mother was watching Arsenio Hall. <laughs> so I didn't remember it when it was originally on, but now my um, they rerun it. I think it's Antenna TV or one of those mm-hmm. channels. And my father watches it every night when they rerun it, and it is actually a very good show. And I miss stuff like that. I miss when television was just there for the sake of entertaining people and not like, let's analyze the crap out of this, or let's yeah. try not to, you know, let's put a political statement in here. We have to have a message and everything. No, you don't. I, I miss that. I miss that. I really do. Jimmy Fallon tries, though. He, I love him, but... It, He's doing a good job. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I feel like people feel like they have to put a message or have a definitive purpose for everything, and you really, you don't, you just entertain people. So it kind of, but yeah, I can definitely see why Johnny Carson was on the air for 30 years. Yeah. Number 29, Monty Python's Flying Circus. I think I've seen one up. I know. I love John Cleese, but I haven't seen that much. It it really with that show, it's 
it goes, it's a two-way street. You either like the show or you don't like the show. It's as simple as that. Paul P. Powers is actually based off of an experience he had traveling with mm-hmm. the Monty Python troupe, and they stayed in a hotel where the where the manager was so rude that most Eric Idle and the rest of them left after maybe one night or so. But John Cleese said, "Nope, he stayed behind and took some notes." And yes, Faulty Towers. Yep. So there you go. Number twenty-eight, The X Files. Hmm. I, I never watched that show. I'm not really a huge sci-fi person, so I don't really get. So when that show was back on the air and everybody was jumping through hoops and. One thing we haven't talked about with any of these shows, which I'm surprised that we haven't. Right. The X-Files has one of the most iconic theme songs ever in television. Mm-hmm. I mean, if like when you hear the beginning, you know it's the X-Files. You don't ever have to have watched a single episode of it, but when you hear the beginning, you know it's the X-Files. Which is true. Number 27, Arrested Development. Yes. Just, it is not for the faint at heart, though. No, it's not. That's, if, if you do not like black comedy or if you are easily offended, you do not need to be watching that show. That's all I have to say. I think it is one of those shows, and, and I sort of blame their cancellation on Fox. Yes. Because I think if Fox had been patient with that show, like I said with a, with another show earlier, it would have gone down as one of the greatest shows of all time. Maybe the greatest. Mm-hmm. It's if Fox had only been patient. The thing with Arrested Development was that it was really before its time. Mm-hmm. It was because Arrested Development is one of those shows that has a lot of little subtle jokes and callbacks, but it came on in 2003. Yeah, 2002, 2003, around that time. And internet shows, you couldn't watch shows online back then, really. So they are watching it on Netflix. It's much funnier because you can watch the episode one after the other, so you can kind of get the whole all the little subtle jokes and callback references because you're watching them back to back. So yeah. it works better online watching or on DVD watching them all back to back, as opposed to on Fox where it aired during a regular TV season and there were hiatuses and things. Yeah, it was kind of hard to keep up with it. So it was definitely before its time. And in fact, the fourth season took real advantage of that because the cast was all busy. They had gone their separate ways and were all busy by the time it came on. So they had to shoot them all separately. They couldn't shoot them all together. So mm-hmm. they had to do interconnecting plots. But it was kind of... And I didn't get it at first. I had to watch it a few times to really get into it. But it was really brilliant, I thought. So, yeah. And I hope they can get together to do season five. Although, sadly, one of the biggest jokes of season four is starting to become a possible reality, so it would be kind of hard to make it funny again. 
right? Number 26, Friends. Surprised it's that low, but it definitely needs to be there. I think it's a little bit too high, to be honest with you. I, I think well, it should be lower, but that's just me. Yeah, Friends, again, it depends on... It's an acquired taste. It, it depends on what kind of... If you like super serious stuff, don't watch Friends. Exactly. If you need people to be of the same socioeconomic background, race, or whatever as you to watch it, you might not want to watch it. Because mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who are like, well, they don't look like me. I'm not like them, so I can't relate to it. Yeah. All right. Number 25, Veep. I've seen about a couple episodes of it. I can just, I get why it's good. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is... She's pretty much good with anything you give her, so... Mm -hmm. 24, Friday Night Lights. I've never seen that show. I saw the movie, though. I, I, I'm surprised it's that high up. Maybe, maybe I missed something. 23, Deadwood. I've heard of it. Yeah, I have too. Number 22, Louie. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen it. I don't even remember when it was on, to be honest. It's currently on. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh. What am I thinking of? Maybe I'm thinking of another show. Huh. Okay. All right. Number 21, the Office, the UK version. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I have never actually seen it. Okay. It's hard to watch if you're used to the US version. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually seen it, but from what I've read of it, there are, it only ran for two years. So there are certain things in the US version, because the US version ran for nine years, that got expanded on more so. Like, I guess I can give this away now because who hasn't seen it? But on the UK version, Jim and Pam, they're, actually their names are Tim and Don, but Tim and Don, who are Jim and Pam on the US version, their relationship only goes as far as her saying she'll go out with him or something like that. Right. Jim and Pam on the US version. There you go. Oh, the way! Two, and two kids, too. <laughs> so, which is understandable because here in the U.S. we have huge shipping groups. That would be like, hey, we need more! Mm -hmm. We have huge fandoms that would have protested and golly knows what else. So, yeah, I can understand why they did that. Yeah. Especially if they had done that over nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, no. Number 20, Cheers. Oh, I'm surprised it's that low. But yeah, yeah, I would have had a top ten. Yeah, because... Um, on my list, it would have been top ten. Hmm. Number 19, Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
I've heard of it, never seen it. Although, although, I will say this. If you didn't watch Saturday Night Live at all last season, you can see the genius of Larry David, who was with Jerry Seinfeld when they did Seinfeld. Him as Bernie Sanders is one of the greatest combinations of all time. That's just a match made in heaven. Yeah. Number 18, Star Trek. Yeah, I know a few people who would argue it should be higher, but I... Like I said to um, my friend Fro, who is a big fan of our show, by the way, Danielle, you get hurt in Norway. How, how do you feel about that? You, you you are worldwide now, Danielle. Woo. Hi. <laughs> he no, but in all seriousness, no. I I told him once on a recording that I'd never seen an episode of Star Trek, the original version, and it shocked him. Not saying I don't like it. It's just I've never seen an episode of Star Trek. Seventeen Twin Peaks. Alright. Yeah, I'm on the same boat with you on that one. <laughs> it, it was much short that was one of those things where it was short lived but made a big impact. So I was surprised to hear that it didn't even it wasn't even on that long. Yeah. Yeah. Number sixteen, MASH. as a comedy and then it changed yeah. into a drama? The movie itself is actually a comedy. I've and seen the movie. The movie's the hilarious. The movie itself is a comedy. The TV show was much more wackier in the, the first few seasons, but then the longer it got on, the more dramatic it got. Mm -hmm. But the fun part is it actually lasted um, three times longer than the war that they were depicting, which is kind of funny. And that show, well, the last episode for a very long time, was the single most watched televised event of all time. Yeah. So. That's um, Number 15, The West Wing. I've never seen it, but I do know why it was very clearly acclaimed. I saw an episode of that in college. It was for an English class. And I could see why it's a good show. I really could. Number 14, The Larry Sanders Show. watched that once when I was a kid. I saw a couple episodes of it. Um, I think it was when I was a young kid in the summer is when I watched it. I don't remember when, but I do remember a little bit. Number 13, Late Night with David Letterman. I have, I've seen clips. For those of you who don't know, this was before, the one that he just retired from was, this was a show he had before that. Well, actually, they're including that. 
Oh, they're they're including both the NBC and the CBS yep. together as one show. Okay, then yes. All right, because <laughs> I thought they were counting. All right. Yeah. All right. I agree then. I'm surprised it's ahead of Johnny Carson, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Johnny Carson actually handpicked him as the successor, so. Until Jay Leno came along and. Jay Leno, that started part of the rift. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, Johnny Carson never appeared on Jay Leno's show for that reason. Number 12, Game of Thrones. Never seen it. Gonna be straight honest with you all, never seen it. I know it's a big deal, but... Never seen it. Uh, number 11, Freaks and Geeks. I remember that. That's another one that only lasted one season. Yeah, I do remember it, though. I never saw an episode of it. Maybe I should. Now we're into the top ten. Number ten, The Daily Show. Okay, yeah. Although, like I said, some of the iconic shows that it beat out, I'm surprised. Like, it beat out I Love Lucy. Lucy, yeah. That's, yeah. And I, I think the thing that people don't remember about that show, Jon Stewart was not the original host. It was no. Craig Kilborn. I, I feel bad for Craig Kilborn because there are two shows he was he was the original host of, and most people forget that he hosted them. <laughs> Like, he was also the original host of um, The Late Late Show on CBS mm -hmm. before people remember Craig Ferguson. But I, I remember him. And I remember him from SportsCenter. That's where he started. I feel so bad because I loved him on The Late Late Show. And hardly anybody remembers him now. When, when Craig Kilborn dies, on his tombstone, it will say, Craig Kilborn. Hosted two shows before somebody else took it over and made it famous. Oh, God, that is so sad, because he was... But with that being said, The Daily Show has won Peabody Awards. Yeah. Now, let, now, for those of you who do not know, Peabody Awards go to people who deliver outstanding journalism, like... Dan Rather, Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw. The Daily Show, while they do talk about current events, a lot of the stuff they talk about is kind of joking. So the fact that they won a Peabody Award means that they were that good. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> to go that far out of their way to say, hey... Not all this is real. Exactly. Like, that, that that's basically like the Onion winning a Pulitzer Prize. Okay, think of it that way. All right, number nine, All in the Family. Yeah. That, that's where it needs to be. Definitely top ten. Again, 
if you are easily offended, don't watch it. Exactly. Don't watch it. You're very because you know it is what it is. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Number eight, Saturday Night Live. Wow, I didn't even think about that. It has to be up in there. It really does. It didn't even occur to me, but yeah. That is one of these shows where I think more stars were made on any TV show. And it ran so long that if you're living in your, you know, in a house, in most families, there are stages, and each family had their own sort of generation. Mm hmm Like, my father said, oh, well, it wasn't as good once John Belushi left. And my mother said, oh, yeah, it wasn't as funny when Eddie Murphy left. And I said, it's not as funny as when Jimmy Fallon left. You know, so, it, it's so, it can go into different places. And then somebody else will say, well, it's so funny. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it will be. So that they can, so that I would like to see what their generation thinks it's, of it. It's a national institution at this it, point. Yeah, it is very legendary, and so many people came through it, and I, um, so yeah. I also love watching the retrospectives to hear stories. and. Mm -hmm. Number seven, The Twilight Zone. Exactly, another, another TV show where you don't have to have ever seen an episode, but when you hear the theme, you know what it is. I know to leave the world. <laughs> <laughs> My dad loves the Twilight. Like, there's, I swear, these Antenna TV, Me TV, these channels that we run all stuff. My dad will just eat it up. So, so they were at one point, I don't know if they still rerun the Twilight Zone, but... It's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, so, he loved the Twilight So every time I see it, I'm like, okay, run! <laughs> don't need to be freaked out. Mm -hmm. Number six, The Simpsons. Yeah. It needs to be in top ten. I'd have it in my top five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that show... Like, the best way to describe The Simpsons is, and I'll, and I'll use this saying from Weird Al Behind the Music Remastered. Once you were a guest on The Simpsons, you were pretty much immortalized. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're a one-hit wonder who's had your 15 minutes of fame, or if you're the biggest star in the world. Once you have been a guest on The Simpsons, you pretty much have done everything. Ah, definitely. Number five, Seinfeld. I've, I'm starting to understand that show more now that I'm an adult. When I was growing up, I didn't get it. That is a really good show. My favorite episode, and it's actually from the last season of Seinfeld, is the one when Kramer finds the set of the Merv Griffin show, 
Yeah, I'd love that one. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he finds the set of Mark Griffin show and turns into his living room. So every time somebody goes over to his house, they're like a guest on the Mark Griffin show. And so that when Elaine and Jerry like come to them to complain about, uh, is that the same episode where Jerry's dating a girl who has a lot, of, has a huge toy collection? Yep. And yep. And try to make her fall asleep. Yep, that's the <laughs> one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Number four, Mad Men. Never seen it, but I've read about it. I, I saw an episode. It's good. My parents delved, delved right into it. They watched the entire series in, I think, like two, two and a half months on Netflix. And they loved it. Because it was the 60s. It's pretty much the whole, the, the, the whole theme of the series. You know, uh -huh. the, the, they run an advertising business, but it's set in the 60s. And if you watch it, and this is what my parents said, they say stuff that you wouldn't say. Like, okay, and I'll give a great example, and, and I'm not offending anybody. This is what they actually said. In the show, they refer to blacks as Negroes. Uh-huh. But, I, it's a very interesting show. My parents loved it. They it's loved it. It's interesting in that they don't sugarcoat the time period they are depicting. No, they don't. They don't. Which might be a bit of a shock to some people. But you are used to, like, happy days. Mm-hmm. And then you watch like this, and you go, whoa. Yep. But, yeah. Or, neither does the Wonder Years, but the Wonder Years, because it's told from the perspective of a 12-year-old, it's still a little innocent. Yeah. This show, they just go in all the way with it. Oh, yeah. So, they, they don't pull punches. So. Number three, Breaking Bad. Yes, I've heard it was good. drama person. Oh, well, then you're not going to like how this list ends. <laughs> to me, like, Brian Cranston is um, Francis, Reese, Malcolm, Dewey, and Jamie's father. So there you go. <laughs> I saw the first episode, and I was impressed. Yeah. Of course, I haven't watched all the other episodes since, but I was impressed with but I do think that the plot is very interesting in that because I thought, well, because you to think about it, you he th what he thinks is a simple plan, he has to then cover it up and cover his tracks, and it causes mm -hmm. more problems than he initially had. Yeah, that I find interesting. Number two, the wire. <laughs> I'm from Baltimore, okay? <laughs> Not that it's untrue because a lot of that stuff is, but because people think that because I'm from Baltimore, I'd be impressed with the fact that they watch it. No. <laughs> um, they had a, um, what is it? I was at a wedding and this guy, he was, um, my mom's friend's cousin goes, 
I was an extra on the wire. Hmm. So, big deal. Uh, <laughs> I, real quick, I saw a bumper sticker on a car today. Yeah. It said, Baltimore, Maryland. We're more than just murders. Really? Because that's all we anybody ever thinks of now. There's the wire or homicide. We have John Waters. I, I almost took a picture of that, too. Almost. Like, we have John Waters movies. Granted, the only one set, one of the few set in contemporary times is about a serial killer, but, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have John Waters. We have other stuff that's hmm. good, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe when the NBC Hairspray comes out in December, well, maybe not, because... That wasn't really a good time either. Oh, well. We'll try. And the number one TV show voted by Rolling Stone is the greatest TV show of all time, The Sopranos. Okay. I've honestly never seen an episode of The Sopranos. But I will say this, though. And this is a recommendation for everyone. Go to YouTube, type in Mad TV Sopranos on Pax TV. One of the funniest skits in the history of television. It is unbelievably fun. Like, because, like, Pax TV, I'll do it real quick. Because Pax TV. Was, it was sort of a Christianish station. Yes, I remember. They had Bible Man. And, like, the joke that The Sopranos would be on this station. You have to watch it, folks. It is one of the funniest skits ever. Absolutely have to. And that is the list of Rolling Stone and the top 100 TV shows of all time. Whew. Well, if you've stayed with us, uh, now we're going to get into our selections for the movie and albums of the month for November. And I start this time. And my movie, and you know what, I'm just going to pick this one because we're getting into the holidays. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Christmas is around the corner. So why don't I pick a Christmas movie? Well, not a Christmas... Well, but the movie that I selected for this month is Home Alone. Yeah. It is one of those movies that our generation has seen. We've pretty much made it a classic. And we... It's still loved. Almost 30, 26 years after it came out, it is still loved, still one of the great movies of all time. And you could show it to your family. Like, my nephews have seen it, and they love that movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, hold on. I'm, like, still picking mine because I keep checking the list to see if I've done it already. Right. I have to keep finding ones I've done have I done this one? Yay, I have it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, like, picked two movies, and I checked the list, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, you can only have one for the month. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know. No, like I picked one. I had one ready, and then I checked the list, and I realized I had already done it, and then I picked another one and found out the same thing. So, all right. I was trying to do a family movie for Thanksgiving, but I couldn't find one, and I'm very sad. Um, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, so this one is not a family-themed <laughs> movie. No, I mean, it's a, it, it certainly, you know, you could watch it with your family, but, right. like, it, the plot doesn't revolve around families. Right. Um... This movie, it used to come on cable all the, in fact, that's how I discovered it, was VH1 used to air this movie all the time on their movies that rock lineup or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, this one is called That Thing You Do, um, starring Tom Hanks, uh, Liv Tyler, uh, Ethan Embry, I'm a a show called Grace and Frankie on Netflix, which if you haven't seen it, is a very funny show. Um, but, um, and Tom Everett Scott, a lot of people, but mainly this is Tom Hanks' movie. It was written, directed by, starring Tom Hanks from his production company. And But basically the movie is about a band in the 1960s. They were um, a garage band. And they have, they write a song called That Thing You Do, and it becomes a really big hit song in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie basically chart shows what it's like to have a huge hit, one hit song, and capitalizing on it and building on it and just, be, but then what do you do after that? And it, it, it's a very interesting movie about that and the dynamics in a band and the marketing strategies in a band and how... Because uh, this is the 1960s, so the British invasion is just starting to come to America at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a push to make, kind of make them like the Beatles, but they're not. They're just this band from Pennsylvania who had a hit song. And... Um, but it's... And each member of the band has their own agenda and own, like, there's one member of the band. The the main character of the movie, he's the drummer, he likes jazz music. Right. You know, they're singing pop music. The other member of the band wants to write all the songs and be serious all the time, which is hard because it's an upbeat pop song. The other member of the band cares more about joining the army. And then there's one who just is in it for the fame and the girls and doesn't really care much else about anything else. And it, but it is a very interesting movie. And the one thing I think is really genius is the song is called, you know, That Thing You Do. So the song plays throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a catchy song. But after about the third or fourth time hearing it in the movie, you get kind of sick of it. <laughs> Uh, and that's how it is 
with a catchy song, or One Hit Wonder, or whatever. Right. When you first hear it, you're like, oh, this is a great song, I can't wait to hear it again, yay, 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 and then you hear it over and over again, you're like, ugh. So that's kind of how they did a good job with that song, in terms of putting it throughout the movie, so eventually you get kind of sick of hearing it. And um, also get the soundtrack, because there's a lot of other songs in the movie, too, that are really that they wrote for the movie. They're not actual songs from the 60s. They were songs written specifically for the movie in the style to make it sound like they were from the 60s, and it's really cool. All right. Now we go to our album of the month, and Danielle has the first of her, or the first album for this month. Well, I already led into it, and that's the soundtrack to the movie, that thing you do. Because um, they have... The theme song, there's a band called the Chantrolines, and they're, they're kind of, they're an um, African-American girl group, so their music kind of like the Supremes. There's um, a few um, singer, there's a few songs from the band that they're playing in the movie that are like little um, cover songs or songs that they try to Right. Um, there, there's also bands who were mentioned in the movie but didn't have any music played in it, and they have songs in there too. And what they do is they make fake liner notes mm-hmm. for the band, so it's like you—it's a real album, but it's a real band that really existed. So that's what's kind of cool about it. So yeah, so definitely get them both. They're great companion pieces to one another. All right. My album of the month, and I'm actually going to surprise people because I'm sticking with our main theme, which was TV. It Uh is a two-disc compilation of the... Well, I mean, it's not an official thing, but I really enjoyed this album. The top 100 TV themes of all time. And this is from 2001. So obviously, you know, like, there are some other shows that, you know, after this point in time are not on this list. But it's a very good compilation. 50 songs on two discs each. So that's where you get your 100. And it is just a wide variety of TV shows. And it is a. If you are a big fan of TV, or if you are a big fan of. TV theme songs. This is a great album to get. It's very fun. I'm sure for a lot of you, it'll take you down memory lane. Um, it's just a very fun album to listen to, and it's worth checking out. It is called All Time Top 100 TV Themes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Um, Real quick, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, all you got to do is go to Twitter and type in Nostalgia Crew 15 and you are right there. Hey, Danielle. Yeah? Can you believe next month is our last show of the year? Crazy. It is. It really is. Um, we're probably going to do something Christmas related next month. Uh-huh. That's all we could really say, so... Um, 
I got nothing planned at the moment. I'm sure one of us will, probably more than likely me, I'll find something. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, next month is the last show of 2016. We're going to be right in the festive spirit of the holidays. And we'll be talking about something. Not sure what, but we'll be talking about something. So, uh, everyone who's listening to this, thanks for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving, and don't go too crazy on Black Friday. And join us next month for another exciting episode of Nostalgia Crew. For Danielle, I'm Bill. This has been Nostalgia Crew.